Yes, what's good, people? You're tuned in to the Breakdown Podcast. This is episode four. Um, I've got the full panel in the building today. Got a man like Jay, fresh from, you know, claiming what North, what colour North London is. <laughs> it's not blue this weekend. <laughs> and it's not white. Well, well we're not in North London anyway, so it's no, all no, right. I'm talking, I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking about London. I'm talking about London. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, just cool. fresh off of um, winning in 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Grinning from ear to ear. Cool. Obviously, Kofi's here. You know, yeah, I would man. say probably not as not as bullish as last week, but you know, it's kind of yeah, understandable. It, it, you know, what it is. It was a humbling weekend, but at the same time, it was needed. I was happy. I was happy and angry to see it at the same time. It's mad, <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll get into that later on. Obviously, I got the Mister Liverpool. Just what did he say last week? He said, "I oh, would just confidently, just you know, confidently." Not confidently. Not confidently. Not confidently. He said quietly. Yeah, man, we just we just keep rolling on. This 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 weekend was a bit more flashbacky. This is kind of old clock, you know, ping pong clock. But you know what is what it is didn't lose. So another one. Key. I love I love that. I love that mentality. That's that's nice. Just keep on rolling, bro. Keep on rolling. <laughs> cool. Obviously, obviously, we're gonna do things a bit different this week. We're gonna actually react to the. Um, some of the games that happened and pick out some of the key themes and that. But um, obviously, you have to start with the North London derby. Um, so I'm going to ask Jay straight up, like, your overriding emotion from that game, from the North London derby. Obviously, Arsenal winning, battering Spurs. I don't think any... I don't, I don't... Well, I didn't predict that. Obviously, I was probably the only one who said I thought Spurs could do a thing. But, of course, they didn't. <laughs> but I don't think people would have expected that. Did you even expect that? Um. No, I expected us to win, but I didn't expect it to happen like that. I, um, if I take away my Arsenal hat, I think I think Spurs have got some some big problems um, for them. Uh, but yeah, I'm happy. Um, I'm glad um, the guys did what they were supposed to do, which is always beat Spurs at home. They did that. Um, so yeah, we're good. But it's like I said. Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just—I was more just taken back, bro. I'm not gonna be like—I'm not gonna lie to you. I was just taken back at how poorly they started, how poorly Spurs <clears> started. <throat> because if you're playing, I've never seen anybody play a defensive four-three-three in my life. I've never seen anyone play it like that, deploy it like that. Where it's like you got four-three-three, you're not particularly pressing, you're just sitting there. And Arsenal had loads of width. Loads of width, loads of penetration, and it was just like it was almost like what? Where did this come from? Yeah, I was surprised by um, Nuno's choice of midfield three. Um, I think I don't think they complemented each other. Um, so he went with Deli Ali, uh, Hoiberg, and and Ndombele, and um, yeah, Deli Ali um, was. The main thing that Arsenal were doing was pulling pulling their players um, left, right and centre out of shape. Um, but, yeah, Spurs set up in a way where they, they were high up, but they weren't necessarily pressing. And there was loads of gaps uh, for Arsenal to exploit. Um, and Arsenal made it even worse by pulling their players. 
apart. So pulling Deli Ali was lost on the right hand side, um, and Dembele also a bit lost on the left hand side. And and Hoiberg was was just going into the back line basically. Um, yeah. And I'm not sure what that was about. So I, I'm not sure. I, I was you know a bit surprised by Nuno's um, choice of midfield. But I was even more surprised by actual body language and effort and application from the whole Spurs side. Apart from maybe Lucas, Lucas was was trying to make things happen. He was coming deep to try and get the ball and um, drive at Arsenal at times. Um, Son as well got the goal in the end. But even then, it just yeah, it just Arsenal were good, but Spurs were pretty woeful. Um, yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah. Because that was my feeling that Arsenal didn't have to be amazing to do it. But I have to say, Arsenal played very well. Like, from the first minute, it looked like there was one team that was up for it and the one team that wasn't up for it. And it's like, uh, the way Arsenal came out shifting the ball, I was like, oh, okay. But then I don't know if I attribute that to Arteta, if I'm being completely honest, because the level of player that he was able to field was very different. Do you know what I mean? Like... um. Obviously, having Gabriel and Ben White, who are both ball playing um, um, centre halves, is is a plus. Tommy Yasu, like obviously, you can expand upon that, but that guy, he looks, he looks like he's the business. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. With Arteta, with Arteta, I think Tommy Yasu was a big, big, big part of. You know, he needed him in the transfer window because Tommy Asu's got this attribute where he can play centre-back and right-back. So he can allow Arsenal to shift into a, a back three in-game when they have possession and have like a kind of, in this particular game, Tommy Asu, Benoit and Gabriel, and then they had that Shaka and Partey in front of them. Um, and then you had basically everyone else was was attacking when they're in possession. Um, but yeah, Tommy Asu is good because he wins his duels. He's good in the air. Um, he wins his duels on, on deck as well. He's switched on. Um, he doesn't lose, for the most part, lose focus. I think he lost focus once um, in the game. Um, but for the most part, he's always switched on. He's about his business. Um, but yeah, I just have to I have to strike Arteta for actually not playing Pepe yesterday. I think that was a good decision. Um, I think Playing Smith Rowe and Sako out wide um, was a really good decision. Smith Rowe was was pulling Tanganga like, out of position, um, and yeah, just IQ of the boys was was really good um, in exploiting um, exploiting Tot- Tottenham's deficiencies. Like, the other players, I would strap as well. Actually, I mean, everyone did well, but Odegaard and Aubameyang in particular, they're pressing um, up front was really good, especially Odegaard was really pressing when we didn't have the ball. Um, and also, Aubameyang's intelligence to just um, position himself in between Tanganga and Davis, Davis and Sanchez. Um, they're not... They're, I, the two of them, yeah, it wasn't really good, but he positioned himself in that, in that space, uh, which caused Spurs' problem as well. What do you think Spurs did wrong? <sighs> You know what they they look like, um, and this is this is this is st- this started from the Palace game. They look very abject. Like they look like they're lacking instruction. They look like there's no direction. They, there's no penetration. Um, they just look a, a bit 
they just look abject. Do you know what I mean? Like they 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 look literally void of like any ideas. Um, the players don't look. Dare I say it? They don't look like they're playing for Nuno. I don't know if Nuno knows exactly what he wants to do. Um, he he probably is still trying to find out his best combinations. To be honest, um, I did hear one one kind of concerning thing. If you're a Spurs fan, that um, Paratici was saying said to Fonseca he was going to take the job that um, he wanted a defensive minded coach, and obviously that kind of goes against the values um, of what Spurs kind of stand stand for. I guess like they want to play attacking football, especially at home and stuff. But it just looks like they're just short of any ideas, man. Son, as as Jay was saying, Son looks like he's playing with a bit of penetration. Lucas Moura, but everybody else, you know, Deli Ali looks back in a funk. Um, Kane, I'm not sure what's happening there. You know, earlier a couple of pods ago, I, I was backing him to to you know regain his form and stuff. But it, 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 there's no strategy. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, obviously Kane himself, I guess he he. he he likes playing against Arsenal, scored a lot of goals and whatever, but like this time around, no strategy to get him in. I, he's popping up in weird areas, you know, the soccer goal, I think just kind of underlines, you know. What, Is he coming that, too deep? That, that do you feel like, do you feel like he's come? yeah, do you feel like he's coming too deep? Like in general, mm-hmm. in general, like do you feel like, because I feel like I've seen him come so deep for the ball and I'm just yeah. like, I, I don't think that's where he needs to be. I know people are praising him and saying, yeah, he's able to link up with play. But I kind of don't want him. I don't want him in those positions. Like, I don't care if he is... doesn't get a, the amount of assists. It doesn't matter. Like, I want him to score. So I don't know why it's coming so deep. Well, the difference is that there was actually a strategy you could see there, at least before when he was when he was picking up the ball deep. You could see that there was there was man making runs in behind. Some was some was doing something. Lucas was doing something. Whoever Bergwijn was doing something. People were being occupied. You know what I mean? So there's a strategy at least for him dropping off. But now it looks like he's just dropping off for the sake of is, is he trying to like pay some dues back to the fans because of what's happened? I'm not so sure. Um, it just doesn't look like a clear idea and a clear strategy for me. Um, and I think rather than what did what did Spurs do wrong? It's like, well, what, like, what, what aren't they doing? Like, they, they're not, they're not doing anything. Do you know what I mean? Oh. And I've, it started from, it started, like I said, from the Palace game, carried on in the, in the, in the Chelsea game, because when, when Chelsea, when Chelsea took the lead, I remember, I remember thinking, wow, like Spurs look like they've given up. You know, after that first kind of twenty minutes where, where they, where they had Chelsea on the back foot, they just petered out, and then it was like, okay, so what's happening now? Where's the plan B? If, if this doesn't work, where's the next wave of of pressure, of an idea, of some kind of strategy? You know, mm-hmm. it's not there, man. So for me, um, Spurs look like they don't know exactly what they're doing, um, which I think is a is a big concern for them. And that's unlike Nuno as well. And like Deli Ali, he's like he's falling off a cliff. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like it's yeah, it's unre- completely unrecognizable. He looks quite leggy when I mean he was never a super fast player, but he looks quite leggy, and it looks like if you're not playing Deli Ali in the ten right behind the striker and feeding him with a lot of balls in and around where he can just have his one and two touches, feels like the moment that he's in a free flowing type of midfield, it doesn't seem like it's it's it's, it's suiting him. Mm. Yeah, I agree. No. I don't I don't I don't think he should be playing where 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 Nuno's 
Nunes playing him. I think he's more of like a second striker, basically. That's where, um, when he's done his best work, it's, that's where he's been. Um, so that's what I'm saying. I was surprised to see, I'm surprised to see that Nuno plays him um, and plays that midfield combination, plays him, you know, in that kind of role, personally. Um, I'm not sure if Nuno... Nuno, after the game, said that it was his mistake, you know, it was his bad and the performance wasn't good. But there's just no, like like T was saying, there's just no evidence of what Nuno's trying to implement at, at Spurs. Um, it's not even like he's going against um, what Spurs, you know, Jan- David Ginola and all of that, you know. Um, stuff, but, <laughs> whatever uh, that means. <laughs> yeah, all of that stuff. Yeah, the, 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 you know, but it's like it's not like he's even trying to do it his way. At least with like Mourinho, he did it his way for a bit. Yeah. It did work for a bit, and then it didn't work. Fair enough, but he did it his way. Um, but Mourinho's way got them to a final. But with Nuno, you just he it's peculiar. You just don't know what he's trying to do. Um, he's going to get sacked. He's going. He's going to get sacked. If 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 this continues, I think it's easy to sack a man like that. Yeah. Nah, he looks. I mean, he looks a bit passive on the touchline as well himself. Like the abjectness you see on the from the players, he was playing that as well. So Frank. Yeah, no, no. I was going to just say. I mean, obviously, we're, we're only what six games in, and it the, the signs already look really, really damning. I don't know if you guys remember, I was talking about the one little wins that he got at the start of the season. They kind of, you know, papered over the cracks that they were quite evident as well because, I mean, yeah, they beat City, but they didn't really do a lot in that game. It was kind of like backs of the wall type of thing. You know, I remember they get the game away to Wolves as well where they where they won via, via penalty. Um, Wolves dominated that game. You know, so that was, that was another one. So, obviously, seeing the results at Palace... Obviously, Chelsea now, and then you, you look at the Arsenal game. I mean, they've shipped nine goals in the last three games, scored one, um, and then barely got sh- any shots off in those games. I mean, yeah, they got shots off against Chelsea, but I think the one main thing to probably take away from from them right now is the application. They showed it in the, fir- the first 45 minutes against against Chelsea. They actually showed it, their body language in, 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 every, in every single individual player that started that game, they showed that they had a better bottle about them. But it was just clear to see that North London derby, it was almost like all the heads were gone because, I'm, I'm sorry, from minute one, in the biggest, probably what you know, for, for your fans is probably the biggest fixture in the calendar. The first the first meeting in the season to try and get one over on your, on your neighbours, to, to show up like that and not show any sort of fight or anything like that. I'm sorry, that, that that's something that you can't, necessarily coach that mm. that's in here that's in the mind so when i'm seeing players and and it goes for all the tottenham players including including harry kane i mean lucas mora and son they, they were trying to do their thing i think even hoiberg to a certain extent was trying to do his but he was left isolated there's not much he could do um i mean deli ali uh, Mark, you were saying he's a, he's a shadow of his for, former self, but playing in playing that, in that position, like you guys have touched on, just isn't for him. Um, and I, he strikes me as the type of person that if you kind of go against what he feels he wants for himself, yeah, he's got a bit of a sulk in him. He, and he only gives you maybe 50, 60 percent of what he's what he's capable of actually giving. 
Do you know what I mean? But the Tottenham team at the moment, um, there are a lot of disgruntled players in there. A lot of disgruntled players. And you can tell the body language is just evident. And I don't know how a manager like Nuno deals with that. I think even he himself, he's looking at it and probably thinking that this is long. Because he, he doesn't want this. The performances they're putting out there, it's not something that he wants. Of course not. Like, what manager would? So, um, you know, unfortunately, it looks like the attitude of players right now is what's going to get him the sack early. That's if Daniel Levy is actually willing to cut, cut the cord early because you know how he is with money already. He's just signed man mm. on the contract. He ain't looking to try and give no early payouts and bring in someone else on a big contract. It's not him. Um I mean, I was telling Jay the other day, at this rate, they may as well have gone for Conte. They might as well have thrown the whole, the whole thing at it and just gone for Conte. And mm. just, you know, because I, I think, T, what you've just said is key. If they've actually gone in and said, you know what, we're going to go in for a defensive manager, you can imagine what sort of message that sends out to the current club that were there that are all about, you know, forward-thinking football, under potch and all this sort of stuff. The majority of the players that are there are all potch players. So, for now, it looks like an Arteta-type type of thing where Nuno's got to basically try and get rid of a load of man and start again. And it's just mm. not going to happen. So, yeah, man, Spurs are in the mud. They really, really, really are. And I worry for them. I do. I do. I don't know. I don't know for them now. I, I, I don't worry for them, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, obviously that, you don't, bro. But, that, you know... That, that I don't worry for them. But I do think that if they start, if they continue to ship like, in the next couple of games, continue to ship like two, three goals a game, um, then I don't think Levy will, will stick around too long. I'm not sure how long Nuno's contract is, but I don't no, think gone. he'll stick around. He's gone. Yeah, he's gone. He's I, gone. I can't see Nuno stick around because he just looks really bad. Like, yeah, he just looks like you know. I he mean, needs, Spurs fans will need. Say, leave... God. No, go on, go on. I was just gonna say, Spurs fans were leaving the game like, like in the fortieth minute, just walking very out. early. But yeah, you can't. Yeah, it was peak, you know. Yeah, you can't really, have really that as a club. That's bad. I know. Like, and it's, it's the biggest yeah. game of your season as well. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like the biggest game. You can't have that. Yeah, yeah. It is what yeah. it is. If my team, if my team, it, it, you know, you can take your team losing. You can even take your team getting a bit of a battering, but. To see to see the kind of effort levels and the lack of fight and stuff like that from from certain players, it's just not good to see. Yeah, um, can I, one thing I'll just say yeah, is a lot of a lot uh, a lot of Arsenal fans are happy, rightly so. Like, it's a good game, and whatnot. But I do think that there should be caution thrown into this uh, Arsenal thing. Let's see how how it goes. The signs look good um, with, with the defense. And the goalkeeper, I know T likes him. Um, <laughs> I know T likes Rams. We, 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 we had a bit of back and forth on, on the Ramsdale thing offline, innit? So <laughs> that's why Jay's putting it in there. <laughs> I, know, I know T likes him, and he's good. He's a presence, and he's got that, um, he's got that character, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, I just think we need to see now Arsenal play a team that are not abject, that are not going to just have it. But Spurs had it, you know, yes. Um, on Sunday, you know, mm. and see where 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 they where they truly are. At. Mm. That's yeah. that's in my opinion. You know what? And that's fair to say because I quite remember that watching the Spurs game actually took me back to when you lot mashed us up at the Emirates last year. Mm. It was the same type of feel. 
where mm-hmm. it was just that Chelsea just sort of went out and it was quite half-assed. But then Arsenal just dismantled us. Like that first half just tore us a new one. And that's exactly what you did to did to Spurs. So mm-hmm. I, I totally get the caution. I, I think Arsenal fans should just be cautious, period, for a whole entire season before they even start talking and actually see where they finish before they start hyping up mm-hmm. to the next to the next year anyway, in general. Um it would save you a lot, a lot of pain. But Cause, cause yeah, go on. Because because you're right, Frank. Um, because what I saw today, I saw a couple of men saying they're making top we're making top four now. Ah, uh, you see, play like this. You have to, but the thing is, you've got to allow fans to be excited mm. after a North London derby. You know what? It's where, okay. Especially how Ars- Arsenal fans have been in pain for a long time, you know, they've I, been I, in I, pain, I, bruv. I, I, I agree, I agree, Mark. I, I totally agree. Enjoy that, enjoy, how, enjoy the occasion. It's However, sweet, bruv. It's so sweet. <laughs> if you, if you listen, when United beat Liverpool, you know, you know what I'm on. You know what I'm on. I'm enjoying. So it's it's I'm sorry. <laughs> but but you might but you see Arsenal, but you see United, you you guys are actually in a realistic position to get top four. The Arsenal one, yo. Well it doesn't matter, bro. We, we could be time. they could be bro, we could be nineteenth and they're twentieth. I don't care. If you beat Liverpool, <laughs> it's time to have a party and enjoy. You know what I'm trying to say? So I get it from the fans, innit? Because when you starved them for so long, that's all they, to be honest, all they wanted was that, bro. That Aubameyang slide, you know, seeing yeah. like, um, you know, did the Thierry Henry slide, seeing um, Saka scoring and stuff like that. One goal, one assist. Emil Smith, Smith Rowe, one of their own. That is like one of the most perfect derbies they've had in a mm. long time. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So mm. I kind of going to allow them to I, get carried I, away I, a bit. I, I, I absolutely agree. But even in the game, we saw a couple of things. Like, I think, like for example, Ben White his tackle on the cane. Um, oh, oh, yeah, that was a penalty. Man. A, that was a, that was that a penalty. penalty. The, that was a story. Well. Yeah, the ref had a shocker there, and like, um, and then obviously the goal we conceded, we went to sleep for that, and and then obviously the second half as well. I got <laughs> to say, I wasn't really happy with us. You know, I wanted to hit Spurs really hard, like you know, slap <laughs> them about. And um, I get it. You want to game manage. You don't want to, you know, Arsenal have, have lost the 4 no lead before. So I get it. But um, I, I just wanted to slap them a bit more. You know what I mean? Just, just a couple more, you know, a bit more goals and whatnot. But absolutely. Enjoy the, enjoy the, enjoy the occasion. Enjoy, you know, beating Spurs at home and the way we did it. But yeah, in terms of the whole season, you just got to see. You got to see. We've been here before. You got to see. Yeah, yeah, so it's just cautious, cautious, cautious optimism, shall we say, in, in North London right now. Bro, but yeah, cautious cool. optimism. Hey, just, just on that optimism point, before we sign off, yeah, listen, Arteta was on stuff. Yeah, <laughs> he was on it. Did you even see him on, on the touchline? He was yeah. on stuff. Even after the game, he was on stuff. Talking about optimism and enjoyment celebration, that guy, yeah, he enjoyed himself 100%. He enjoyed himself. We'll, we'll, he enjoyed that we'll give him six weeks. We'll give him six <laughs> weeks and then we'll, we'll check in. That was jokes. But after this first game, he's got a job for the rest of this year, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he <laughs> saved the job for the season. It's done now. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. 100%. At least to the end, and it's like, at least we beat Spurs. Because you know certain man will say, well, at least we beat Spurs, though. You know, beat Spurs. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it. It, does, it, it gives the place a lift that Thierry Henry was there and that. So, you know, you know, One last it's thing. all good in North London. Or Bumiang's boots. Oh, nice. oh, oh, lovely touch. Yeah. Lovely touch. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was indeed. Nice touch. Beautiful. Key. 
Alright, cool. Obviously, other game this weekend, um, Aston Villa beating Manchester United. Um, obviously, there's the immediate reactions, Oli out, this kind of things and whatever else. Obviously, I watched the full game. Um, what I will say is, and this is kind of the question, specifically around Manchester United, should Manchester United get rid of Oli now, forget about because of one game, but is should Manchester United get rid of Oli and hire a manager sooner rather than later to kind of coach these players a bit better and, and get the best out of them? Man United have lost three in the last four games, but it's the manner of some of their defeats where the manager doesn't seem to know what to do. He doesn't seem to be making the right substitutions and even just the application. And if you look at it's a lot of structured teams. When he's coming up against structured teams, his sides don't seem to have much in the way of creativity. Um, and it's individual, you know, everyone says that about Manchester United, the individual moments are brilliant. So it's kind of the question just open, like, should they really get rid of the manager or should they try and work with the manager to, to find a solution? Um, my personal opinion, um, I don't think sacking him now is going to make too much sense. Um, the season's kicked off already. Um, you. What if Conte was available? What if I Conte mean, came I mean, in straight? Away? I mean, I, I mean, I get that. I get that, but I don't know what Conte's regiment is like coming in um, after the start of the season. Because I know usually he he's the type of coach that requires a preseason. Mm-hmm. He he is someone that always requires a preseason because of the type of work um, he puts his play um, players through. Um, and whilst I get it. Um, I just don't think sacking him now, sacking Oli now, would look good. Um, and I don't know how the players would also take that as well, because it looks as though the players are really taken to him, despite obviously the unfilled results and all the rest of it. I mean, this is all fan fan, and fan media opinion on mm. Oli at the moment, but the players, as for the players, they seem to be completely fine. Um, but could that be part of the problem, though? Yeah, no, could no, that be part no. of part of the issue at the club is that yeah, no, 100%, you know, people are comfy. They haven't 100%. won any trophies in three years. No, you know 100%. What I mean, with this manager, it could be some comfortability is there. Maybe they no, need some shaking about. No, hundred and ten percent. But I, I just think for in a situation like this, where he's finally got a squad now, where there's no excuses, you might as well give him the whole season. See where you man end up, assess it, and if. If at the end of the season, you, you know, you look at what he's actually done, you actually look at it and say, mm, you know what, with this crop of players, we need something now. We're going to actually move on from you. I, I think he wouldn't be opposed to it. He being the man that he is, I mean, I don't know him personally, but just based mm. off how he comes across, he would accept that because he's a United fan and he wants the best for United anyway. So I don't think he would mind stepping down. At the end of well, the season, be, my, my, what I'm more asking is, should that be his choice? Do you get what I'm okay. trying to say? No, like, no, no, no. Because if if you give him to the end of the season, he doesn't win a trophy. There'll be people. So, for example, people that that would have said, "Well, you knew this prior. He didn't win all the semi-finals and the finals he's been to. He hasn't won. He hasn't been able to get them over the line." And you could see the sign. And maybe on the flip side, he has got a good squad. He's got one of the best goal scorers the game's ever seen on his on his side. And against a side like Aston Villa, cannot create even one chance for the for 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 that type of player. You know, losing to young boys, obviously going down to ten men, is there not an argument to say, listen, if you act now? Because remember, 
Chelsea don't play in this situation. Look what happened when Chelsea moved. When Chelsea moved and brought in Tuchel, it changed, and you won the Champions League. Without him, you ain't winning that Champions League. Yeah, but how, how many, how many, how many times can you actually recall that's ever happened? Other than Di Matteo, um, there you go. So that's twice. Bro. No, but no, but other, no, but no, but that, cups. no. But what I'm saying is that it only seems as though Chelsea are capable of able, capable of doing that, doing such a thing. Um, I think Chelsea are built for that. Yeah, that kind, of, it, that kind of way of running running the club like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, the it's what they know. Do you know what it is? The the reason why I'm pushing on this point is because the common denominator with Chelsea is they had a good squad. Each time that happened, they had a decent... They had a, mm. they, like, the manager was underperforming. You could see, you know, if somebody could come in and squeeze this squad, yeah, they could get to ultimately what it's about, which is winning the trophies. And Chelsea win trophies. Do you get what I'm trying to say? But obviously, Manchester United have just been in this development phase, development, development, development phase. And I'm thinking maybe they need a bit of that mentality, do you know what I mean, back as well, because they wouldn't have had this before. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Even under the previous managers, Van Hal, Mourinho, they won something. Oli hasn't mm. won nothing. So what I'm saying is, what's the case to keep him okay. this well, season? Okay, put it this way. For right now, the start's not been, it's not been blistering, but it's not been bad either. It's not terrible. It's not, to be fair, no. Let me scratch that. It's been a good start. United have actually had a good start. If you look at the points tally, they're up there with everyone else. So if you're comparing Oli to Tuchel right now, what you we're both on 13, 13 points. So if if you look if you look at it in that sense, in terms of league standings, there's no reason to get rid of Oli yet. But sure, we can see the holes in terms of patterns of play and all the rest of it. I know Gary Neville obviously did a really good piece on his podcast. Um, around this and he pretty much echoed what we've been screaming for the last however many months and I think he I think people are finally really really starting to see it um, because of the course of time that Oli's been there but I, I just think yeah at the end of the season not that it's going to be his choice I think the club will make the decision anyway if they if the club tell him to go he, he will go he will have to go whether he likes it or not you know how it's painted out would be how it's painted out but ultimately if the club want him to go and they want to actually move on to someone that can, they know, not that can necessarily guarantee them trophies because Mourinho, okay, he brought them trophies, but he didn't bring them sustain, sustainability. But um, bringing a manager that's cultured enough to actually deal with the big egos in the squad, if there are any, well, the big players in the squad and actually get them to actually play in a fluent and you know convincing way. Should I put it? Because I, I think that's what United fans, after all these years, let me not say they deserve it, but that, I mean they belong for it. So it'd be nice for them to yeah, kind of have it's that. What they want, yeah, 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 it's what they want. T, what do you think? Do you do you, do you think you can you should take, you know, keep him on for the rest of the season, see how you go, or would you be more ruthless with it? So I think getting to this stage now, let's let's look at it. Let's 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 take a couple. Let's zoom out a little bit. So United for the last couple of years have been building momentum, right? Arguably in terms of their league position, um, in terms of like where they've been finishing. You could argue that Oli is building a squad, and maybe some of the previous managers didn't have the opportunity. Um, for me, I'm I'm with Kofi in that I don't see the value in sacking him now because you're not necessarily at the breaking point of the season. So comparatively, if you look at Lampard last last season, Chelsea were at a breaking point where it was like, 
we could go out of the Champions League here. We could go out these competitions here. We could be out of the um, Champions League running here. We need to do something now. Um, at the moment, Oli would probably be looking at him, probably thinking, you know what? I've made some changes to the squad. I've brought in some players. I need to find the balance. Rashford's out. Um, I could probably do with more time here. And like Kofi said as well, the results haven't, I mean, by United standards, how we've known them, how we've grown up on them. Yeah, of course, three defeats doesn't look good, but it's still relatively early within the season. And he's had a lot of changes to the squad, you could say. So for me, I don't see the value in changing him right now. Um, I think he probably could do a bit of tinkering. Um, and... Yeah, what do you think me. he can do? What do you think he realistically, given what how mm. you feel about his skill set and you specifically, because you said yeah a few yeah. episodes ago that Man United are going to be held back because of the manager. So 100%. tell me why they should 100%. be sticking with a manager who you think is going to hold them back. Well, the the thing is at this point of the season, it will be very rash because the fact is that he finished second last season, right? That's it. At the end of the day. Um, if we look at that, it's very difficult to argue at this point. That's that's a rash decision. United are going to look at that. They're going to think, you know, what we put in some structures, we made some some hierarchical changes last season as well. Let's not be rash and just kind of react. You know what I mean? And we've seen Oli do this before. We've seen Oli basically tactically, <laughs> pretty much like general everybody. So the big results, you know, the PSGs, those results just dug him out of nowhere when he was under intense pressure. So my point is now that whilst there's nothing kind of hanging in the balance now in terms of the, the point of the season, there's no point in getting rid of him right now. Maybe you could argue you could convince Conte to come in. That's a game changer. Um, but right now, I don't see the point. If you, get to, if you get to 10, 15, 20 games, 15 games, let's say, 20 games is too long. Let's say prior to Christmas and things are still looking the same way, then of course, maybe, maybe there's you're going to have to pull the trigger. But I think, being honest, the main issue here is probably legacy. You're probably looking at somebody like Fergie, who's probably, you know, all in for somebody like, like Solskjaer. It's going to be very, very difficult to remove him um, because it's probably going to go against Fergie's will. So there's going to, there's going to need to be a lot more that's going against Oli for me to, to, to get rid of him at this point. But my personal opinion is that... Oh, That's what I'm asking coach. for. So you're giving all this corporate thing about your personal opinion. <laughs> What's your corporate personal thing. opinion? Bro. You're giving all Listen, the corporate opinions. What's your personal opinion on him? My, pers my personal opinion is Oli should have been gone long time. It's clear he's a now we're coach. It's clear, <laughs> it's clear that Oli just came in on a PR tip, steady the ship, you know what I mean? Get, get the United fans back on board, get the club back united, get the all the alumni, all the legends and these kind of guys talking positively again. But after that, after that run, we saw like United nosedived. After that little, you know, run of form from certain players and whatever, they nosedived. To me, it was clear that the guy, the guy is just coming in to steady the ship. He was an interim coach before. That's that's exactly like what he should have been. The club should have worked on getting in a long-term manager who has the quality to steer them to where they want to go. But they kept him. They're giving him the extension. So, listen, you got to lay in your bed. You know what I mean? And on that, on that note, on that note, I'd like to just interject really quickly and say, sorry, Jay, one second. I would love Oli to stay. <laughs> you, you know, know why? Because as long as he stays, 
United aren't much of a aren't that yeah. much of a threat. They're not as much of a threat see, as they want. So it's okay. Was, no, no, but you see your question. So no, but you're staying. Like, no, you nah. but, but the thing is, your, your question was, should United get, get, you know, get rid of them, get rid of him now? So obviously, yes, you have to... From your opinion. What I'm oh, saying is no, my, my opinion, opinion. My opinion. Yes, my opinion. My opinion on the situation is, no, he should stay. He should stay by all means. You should, you guys should continue to struggle. It's just not a problem. It's okay. It's all right. Well, I don't I'm mind it. From a football perspective, it, oh, you no. put yourself in the you put yourself in the shoes of some of you. Because, like I said, I use Chelsea as a reference point. Yeah, and I'm yeah. saying Chelsea, uh, you're performing a certain way. You need to be gone or whatever. So I'm saying from that perspective, I can't see the rationale. Okay, cool. Manager you know what? Not winning trophies and is not likely to win any trophies. No, There's no, nothing I hear that you. suggests he's going to. I hear you. I hear you. But like T said, there's got to be a certain breaking point because I remember even under Scolari all those years ago, who was brought in to play a certain brand of football. Um, I remember you guys were the one that piped us at Old Trafford. I will never forget that game. You guys were the ones that you the ones. You guys were the ones that put actually nailed. That net final nail on the coffin for him, like, like it was mad. So, um, when performances get to a point where it is really, really bad and embarrassment comes, that's when you actually say, you know what, we've got to press the red button. But until that so, happens, you can't yeah. like you can't justify getting rid of him. So, Jay, okay, so obviously these men have said keep him because of obviously they they want Man United to keep doing badly, of course. <laughs> well, from your perspective, yeah. Would embarrassment not be losing the Europa League final to Villarreal in the manner that they did? <laughs> would that would that not constitute to embarrassment? And, 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 would that and, and, not and contribute asking, to some sort of breaking point? And you're asking the right person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Um, I think yeah. Just just before I come to answer your question, yeah, I think there's a lot of parallels between actually United and Arsenal in that there's problems with the previous management; it didn't work out. And they both went for interim. Well, went for you know guys that were familiar with the club um, to try and sort it out. With Arsenal, obviously, it was Lundberg first before Arteta. Um, but the difference is here with with Solskjaer is that he just seems a bit cavalier, like in the way he he manages um, the team. In that, and when I say cavalier, I mean like it, it just doesn't seem like. With Arteta, even though I might not agree with his tactics or the way he looks at the game or however he's trying to play it, he's still got um, an idea of how he's trying to fit these players together to try and get them to play and win in a certain way. Whether it comes off or not, that's one thing. But he's trying to put these guys into uh, a puzzle together to you know, get the win the way he wants or the way he sees. With Scholzgaard, there, there doesn't seem like there's anything like that. Um, and it just seems a bit like, yeah, come on, lads, you know, just go out there and have fun, that kind of type of management style. And <laughs> and 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 so the thing is, is that I wouldn't sack Oli now because as a sporting director, like it, it, <laughs> it would be it would be it would be a rash thing to do now. And also you have to look at the, what the risks are um, in terms of. If the if the personnel that are at the club, if the majority of them, and in particular the senior players, are happy, um, and you know we saw Pogba come out, and I know your fears on Pogba, you're probably thinking, oh. but we saw Pogba <laughs> come out, and we, we, we seen like a you know 
a few players come out and you know they they seem to be all right with Oli. But you're right, that's probably the problem. That it's like he's you know a bit too on their side and not necessarily being the manager of the club um, to try and play them in the way and steer them in a way to try and win stuff. Um, which is what Man United must do. They must win stuff. And and Oli knows that more than anyone, um, that you must win stuff. You can't get to a final um, with Villarreal and not not win that, um, unfortunately. Um, so, But in terms of sacking right now, it doesn't make sense. It would just create instability, instability within, the, within the camp. You might argue that that might be good, um, the chaos, but... I think I agree with the guys in that you've got to look for your your exit point with him. Spe- specifically, the message that you've sent out by giving him a new contract and by giving him all these players as well during the summer. <clears throat> you've got to you've got to stick with it until you find your exit. Um, mm. In terms of, well, but the thing would have been to sack Oli after the Europa League. That's when you sack him. You sack him. You get Conte in. Um, you get the players that Conte wants, you give him a pre-season and then you move. Um, and that's how you run the club. Because I, I, I think, I personally think, yeah, that they, they would have sat, if they would have sat, I, I, I would have sat, I would have probably gotten rid of him in the summer, personally, after the Villarreal thing. He's done his job, he's accomplished it. He's mm-hmm. He's got rid of, you know, players who didn't want to be there, whatever, and he's got a squad now. He's got a squad of players who are fit and hungry and whatever. And I'm just thinking someone like Conte coming in, doing his, you know, the famous the three four three. The play, the, he's got the he's got the centre halves to do that. He's got the wing backs to do that. He's got, you know, what I mean, he's he's got a team there. And I'm thinking a top coach coming in. Obviously, yeah, the timing. You can't just do it right now. You're not going to sack anybody just after a result. But just in the minds of of Man United, for me personally, it should be looking to succession planning. Um, and I and you, I think. Um, Someone mentioned like Gary Neville talking about how Man United don't have a star. I feel, feel like some of those guys, they're not helping either because they're not saying they're not caught. They're, they're saying, "Oh, this isn't right, that isn't right," but they're not saying it read, with chest. You got to read them between the lines, though. But yeah, I hate there what you you're go. saying. But, yeah, but with chest, but and that's man, part of the problem. That man won't 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 do it their chest, though, will they? He's one of exactly. But, yeah, but they'll hammer up. they'll hammer individual players. They'll they'll get up there yeah. and hammer individual players. But yeah. you got to ask yourself, Fred. I'm sure Fred doesn't want to be receiving the ball in certain <laughs> like he doesn't want to be there, bro. He, <laughs> like, not, you can cuss him, but he doesn't want to be there, bro. He'd much rather just be tackling, like just mm-hmm. just scanning and just winning the ball back and giving it to someone else who does that job. So there's got to be someone who's consistently picking McTominay and Fred to play against some of. You know what I mean? Like, oh, bruv, on the weekend, yeah, John McGinn had the game of his life, bro. John McGinn was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And he just ran them absolutely ragged. And I'm saying, bruv, John McGinn didn't cost the same money as Fred. John McGinn does not cost the same money as them, man. There. Douglas Louise, a silky, silky, silky performance on the weekend. He don't cost that same money. He doesn't cost that same money. Ollie Watkins, do you know what I mean? He Love had chances player, and... It was the manner in which they played on the weekend for me that should send alarm bells to 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 the club because it's not an isolated thing. You've seen those type of performances and only not know what to do. 
he hasn't got a clue what to do in some of those situations. Man just throws on attackers and it's like, oh, okay, we'll go for it. But Jaden Sancho is sitting on the bench. One of the most creative players in Europe is in your squad and he's sitting on the bench. And then you've got Greenwood. Greenwood was playing. Greenwood was cutting in and shooting, shooting, shooting. It's like, I don't know whether he's going to has the balls to say, do you know what? Nah. Like Sancho's playing, and if that means Ronaldo's on the bench, Ronaldo's on the bench. You know what I mean? Whereas I could see Conte or another manager just saying, "No, well, you're Ronaldo. You're not. You're not playing." Or Bruno, you're off penalties or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's it, bro. I mean, you, you you've got to look at the, the composition there as well. Like, because when when Ronaldo came in, I thought to myself, "Hmm, okay. Like, who's going to supply Ronaldo here? Like, because." You, you, you've just made a significant investment in Sancho and that says to me you're moving to one direction of how you want to play the game. But then you're bringing in Ronaldo last minute and that says to me you're moving in another direction of how you want to play the game. So now you've just brought yourself a conundrum. Now, there is the old saying, you know, um, you can never have too many good players. However, when you look at that combination of front players, I just wonder how that works in tandem. Like, how does Ronaldo work with Greenwood and work with Rashford when Greenwood and Rashford are so direct? As a manager, then, you've got to kind of have patterns of play to accommodate this. That's the one thing Manchester United do not... I've never seemed to have. It's always... It always seems to be individual moments. And then the players have to stay in based on their... They can produce moments of stuff. But when those players don't produce the moments, the system can't do it. It's that, for example, if you take Man City, just by playing on the left wing for Man City and getting in at the back stick, you're probably going to get 10 to 12 goals a season because you know the system is such that when the ball's on the right-hand side, you get the ball down and literally you cross the ball to that back post, tapping, tapping, tapping. You know you're going to get 10 to 12 goals. I can't tell you that from Manchester United, the type of goal that you'll score. Or say, for example, Chelsea, you can say Lukaku, just by him being in the box when they're ready to cross, he's going to get five or six headers, opportunities to header and and, and beat his man. I can't tell you the type of Man United goal that, you know what I mean, that the system is going to allow. It seems to be all down to individual, individual um, people and the individual qualities. And ultimately... That seems to be how he seems to manage, as opposed to saying, you know, and 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 I'm not saying he has no tactics because he clearly does have some. Like when they're playing against Man City and they can just sit and counter attack, that seems to be his main thing. But when they have to be on the front foot and they're against an organized defense, it's a simple three-five-two that Aston Villa played on the weekend. Simple three-five-two. You know what to do there. They played um, Pogba on the left wing. Mistake. Matty Cash was just eating him alive because it's like, that's a good right back there. But if you would have done your homework, you would have seen that on the other side, Matt Target, I don't know if you saw, Ismail Assar absolutely tore him a new one on the first day of the season. You should know. That's that's something that's obvious. Okay, cool. I'm actually going to play a right winger against him to do exactly the same thing that Ismail Assar did to him to dislodge that defence. But instead you got Greenwood just coming in and shooting. It's no disrespect, but you know that these little small things where you're thinking, that's how you have to do it. Now, when you have to make subs now, it's like he didn't bring up... So he brought on Cavani. So on one pitch, you have sort of Greenwood, Cavani, Ronaldo, Pogba, Bruno. You have all these players and they don't make... (laughs) Exactly. But exactly. 
somebody else, somebody there to be able to change up. Donny van der Beek sitting on the bench can't get a game, but you're playing McFred at home. Do you get what I'm trying to? And you know, people have to understand why are you playing McFred anymore. You know, why why is there a McTominay and Fred partnership going on? What are you trying to get out of them? That's why it's like wider questions as to like you did because that last season you could say, Oh, I just didn't have the players and whatever, but now you have to say, Well, actually, why are you making those decisions? You know, why are you making those decisions? What are you trying to do? What's your plan? And the 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 people that assist them as well. Um, you have to question those guys as well, because I think Coaches as well, you're as good, or not you're as good, but your your assistants are a big part of, you know, what you do and how you carry out your job. And what are his assistants doing um, in terms of the in-game decisions that he's making as well? Yeah, it's key. But obviously, we'll, we'll, obviously, I know United's got a big game, um, big games coming up, actually. They've got like a massive run of fixtures. So obviously, we'll keep track of them. But I, I do feel like Oli's reached... I think what he's done is what he can do, but I think this season they'll they'll let him continue. Anyway, we'll round up talking about the biggest, probably the biggest game of the weekend between what I would consider the two title contenders this season, Chelsea, um, Man City. I'm not going to lie, personally, yeah? (laughs) As the only man who picked Man City to pick up a win, I was particularly happy. (laughs) I was particularly happy with this. I was result. I was thinking about you, yeah. And, <laughs> and bruv, I was thinking about you during that game. I was thinking, oh boy, like if there's if there's gonna be a result to make Marky happy, yeah, it's gonna be a one nil to see oh, as well. Sweet, <laughs> sweet, sweet, sweet. It was just yeah. it was just per- when I saw the first, I saw the first. I was watching um, both games at the same time, yeah, and I was more watching um, Chelsea and City. But when I saw how Man City came out balling. I said, what? And it was, you know, what was particularly satisfying for me is how they beat the press. You know, like when a team beats a press, yeah, but the team's really, pre- like Chelsea were really pressing them. Like, so, like they were really blocking off the spaces. <laughs> and you know, when you beat it, yeah, do you know, you just make the other team look like, like, do you know what I mean? Like children, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? That's how it was feeling in that first half, but it was just like, they just smothered. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Lukaku, didn't even get. I don't even know. I don't. Did Lukaku really have big chance like that? Did he even touch the ball really like that? Uh, Do you know what I mean? Cut off the lines completely. Listen, Pep did his homework. You have to stripe him. He did his homework. You know what? That it, it looked like to me. It looked like going back to what Nuno tried to do when Spurs played City. Sorry, when Spurs played Chelsea. It looked like. What City deployed was like the evolved version, like the 2.0 of what Nuno was trying to do. Do you know what I mean? The way they started high made Chelsea uncomfortable. I was thinking, oh, bro. I was thinking, okay, I'm not too sure how this is going to sustain here. Maybe Chelsea might sting. I think we was even saying it in the group, mm. like Chelsea, Chelsea might sting, Chelsea might sting. And I was thinking to myself, right, okay, nah, this is full throttle. Like City, this is full throttle. They're looking silky. They're looking fluid. They're interchanging. But there's no goal yet. There's no goal yet. And it's one of those things. I wanted to see how Chelsea would react when they go behind. In a game like that, like with such calibre, like how are you going to react? You know what? I think a massive, massive miss was Mount. Like I'm not, I'm not even the biggest, 
I'm not like a, a Mount fanboy or nothing like that. I, I know there's, you know, he can be a polarizing player, but I think that link between the midfield wow. and the attack. And, and <sighs> yeah, like yeah, that was absolutely. that was crucial, crucial, crucial miss it. for them. He recycles quite a lot of bad balls, isn't it, Mount? He makes he mm. makes a lot of bad bad not bad play, but because because the way he works here, yeah, he he just does the ugly side of that attacking play. Not always the flashiest side, but the way he links stuff is quite yeah, good. Yeah, he, he makes it look good. He makes it look very good. He makes it look very good. Um, but yeah, man, you know what? That 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 was a masterclass from from City, man. Like Kofi, bro. I'm I'm sorry, bro, because I know that was uncomfortable for you watching the game when we was we were watching it and and talking. Yeah, about Kofi's it, but... an objective. Listen, Kofi's an objective football fan first, isn't it? So of course he, <laughs> he was enjoying it too. Yeah. Yeah. A, no. 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 You know what? You know <laughs> it was obviously for me. For me, obviously the the type of football that City were playing. You know, as as a football fan. First, I have to call it where it was. It, it was absolutely brilliant to watch. It was quite refreshing as well. Um, to actually see them get pulled apart the way that they did as well was something that, um, you know, in a way, like I said, it made it made me upset, but it made me happy as well because now now Tuchel is kind of forced to look at a different approach now when playing these type of games because you know what. I went for Chelsea. I went for a Chelsea win on a basis that they would actually be very, very brave and go toe to toe with City, which is what they've, which is what they've done previously. You know, they've actually found, a, they've actually looked at ways to actually get at City on the transition and everything else. However, this time around, it just wasn't, it just wasn't a thing, man, and I, I don't know why. Um, but one thing that was very evident, though, and one thing that I will say now. Timo Werner and Lukaku, that partnership will never work. It will never work. And it's always going to be, and it's going to be simply down to technical ability on the ball. Because you see, when you've got a big man up top, you see the smaller man. If you're talking about, if you're talking about Romelu and then Lataro last season, Lataro on the ball. He's more technically sound. When he gets the ball, he can play. He's got, he's got a bit of, he's got a bit of a mind on him. You talk about football IQ. Werner doesn't have that. The ball's getting lumped up, but you see Werner's Werner's parallel with Lukaku. Why? One drop off, one going behind. We're talking about partnerships here. We didn't see any of that. So on the ball, no, no, Havertz didn't start, and and I would have preferred Havertz to start that type of game up front with Romelu in that system, or even Hakim Ziyech being the link without, like you said, a Mason Mount not being in the side. Um, If you're going to play that way, then you're going to have to have someone that knows how to collect the ball from midfield and also drive, but also be a goal threat as well. So Chelsea not having that, it was really bad. And like I said, I think I told you, man, after the first like five, six, no, after the first 10 minutes, I, I, it was it was pissing me off. It was pissing me off. I, I didn't like it. I hated it. I hated it. Yeah. I think um, for me, I think the two managers, they kind of role reversed from what happened in the summer, in that I think Tuchel, I would say Tuchel blinked um, for this game, and and actually Pep went for what served him well all the all these years he's been coaching. So I feel like Tuchel going for the three-five-two. I know he's played it, but the three-five, the way he the way he was set up to have big man, little man, but it being Werner, um, like Kofi saying. <clears throat> 
basically set them up for um, we're parking the bus we're gonna try and <laughs> we're gonna try and manage this basically um at no point in the game did the two who also want to change it which he usually does like against villa when they weren't playing well um, when um saul wasn't playing well he changed it again against spurs as well when it wasn't when it wasn't working he changed it and in this game though if they didn't concede he wasn't going to change it basically he was just happy to just you know try and park essentially and 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 get a result from there and try and and try and exploit maybe some space or that um Lukaku and Werner might have but Diaz and Laporte marshaled those two guys very well and it was essentially mm-hmm. like a 2-4-4 basically and anytime Chelsea played the ball from from the goalkeeper from goal kick um to their center backs uh see were just all over them. It'd be like four men, <laughs> all over them. Carl Walker. Carl Walker's yeah. like a cheat code in defending yeah. counter-attacks. Yeah. He's just like a cheat code. This guy will get back, mop it up, and that's that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was it was it was crazy. It was it's like it's the craziest pressing I've seen so far this season. Like, and and probably one of the best pressing um systems I've seen from C ever. Um so yeah but I feel like um, Tuchel not having Mount, um, that was definitely a thing for him. And he didn't trust Zayic because that would have been the go-to for me, Zayic or, or even Havertz, yeah. He didn't trust them. He went for a, a situation where, okay, we'll just sit back and try and block this, block these guys out. And then maybe if we can nick one, we can. If we can't, then um, we take a draw. But yeah, and nothing, that's... nothing can stick as well. Nothing can if you if you don't have any, you know, the, the, if you don't have your number ten, prop, nothing can stick. And then all of a sudden, it becomes hoof and run, and it's like yeah. okay, or you try and build, but you know it's going to break down. I think there was a couple of times where Lukaku tried to play a one-two with Werner, and he just looked at he, Lukaku just looked at the floor, <laughs> and was just like, oh, ah, yeah. yeah, just yeah. forget yeah. it. I think even Lukaku himself, like sometimes his first touch let him down as well. When it was definitely, was I, I, I didn't uh, want to say that because you know we say I'm hating, so you guys. No, 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 no. But, but, no, but no but there was, yeah, uh, yeah, that was that was a thing. Also, City let Rudiger do his um his little, <laughs> <laughs> his, little where, his little sprint thing where he takes bro, the ball out. What is <laughs> going on? Every game he's banging that now, bro. What what is going on? <laughs> no, 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 bro, he's going so ham. He's going so ham. <laughs> hey. I, I think he's trying to prove a point. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, actually, I actually think it's negotiations. Something that they, they, they. It's probably something that they practice in trading, though. You know, I'm not gonna lie because it's become a thing, like with Chelsea, that he takes the ball out. Yeah, <laughs> when it when it's shifted to that side really quickly, he takes the ball no, out. He does this off. this run. He's off. <laughs> he's off. It's mad. Yeah, man. yeah. It's mad. So, so listen, there's two really good things. There's that run, and yeah. then there's the beef. Every game, bro. Every game. He chopped chopped Jesus earlier on in the game as well. Up in the air. (laughs) Into the the boardings. boardings. Yeah, 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 it was bad. bad. And then Aspie as well. Aspie was on Greedish, boy. That was was weird. Did you see that? Yeah. I think Rich James getting injured as well. Was pivotal as well. Yeah, so, yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say it was huge, but I don't think it would have made that much of a difference to the result because mm-hmm. it was just a matter of time before City were gonna score. And I think I was mm-hmm. sending you, man, 
whoever scores first, I think the game's locked off. So if Chelsea had scored, then I don't think I think they would have been able to hold it down just because they just because they knew they had a lead to protect. But City getting the goals, and you know what really annoyed me? I want to leave it like that. This is the last thing I'll say on the game. I have to because I'm just going to get annoyed. The sec the moment City scored, same players on the pitch. All of a sudden, they now want to come out and play. They now want to come out and play. Why? Like why? Why? I think it's I think it's telling as well that Tuhu said that this one's on him at the end of the game. Well, you know yeah, I mean? man. Which is which is good because usually managers I know they don't like to, you know, I mean they, they don't like to respond, yeah. they take the responsibility. But um, I think I think that was also telling as well. I I think there's like I said I think Tuhu blinked and he he kind of instigated the way that Chelsea played and the, yeah. the, the way they went out. Never again. Never again. We can't finish this, so we're going to finish in a minute. We can't finish without talking about Bernardo Silva, you know. Listen, right. listen, clean, mean but, and clean. Can I just say something? But this is this is the reason why he wanted to leave City, though. It's that way of playing that he doesn't want to he doesn't want to do, but he's really yeah. good at it. He's grafting, boy. Yeah. He's but grafting. he's a footballer. That's why, man. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, a, yeah. he's a baller. He's doing yeah, well, but he doesn't want to do it. But he yeah. doesn't want to do it. But he's good. But he's good at it. <laughs> mean and clean. I'm. Lo- I love. I love this Bernardo Silva. Just clean, clean touch, clean work rate, clean recycling, clean. I don't know. Sometimes you have to accept that, though, man. You have to accept that this is this is what. Do you know what I mean? You're in. You're in a successful side. This would you would role. he rather would he rather play at a lower level but be able to do you know all the dribbling he wants to do? Like you know would what he it rather, is? would he feel happier doing that and getting no trophies? You know what it is, bro? It's it's because it's because of how Pep deployed him initially. Yeah. It, like so offensively first. And we saw what, what he did. He was doing biz. Like it was it was nasty. He, he always does biz, isn't it? Like, he's a quality mm. player. But now progressively being moved backwards. Or like, where, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, where, where you're expected to hit the game? A, yeah, I mean, it, for, for me, I'm, uh, yeah, he's he's got a very unique combination in it. It's it's not it's not really very common that you see a player with that skill set have that work rate as well. So, mm-hmm. boy, I guess you just have to, he, like you said, bro, he just has to accept it. Um, but we know what he could do further forward as well. So. I guess that's why he's frustrated. Great performance. Because in a, in, a, in a side like that, where you need to keep recycling this possession, you need to keep moving this ball and shifting the ball. I think that's what they did so well on Saturday. By keeping that ball moving, the ball did the work. So even though Chelsea normally, normally with Chelsea, when they set that back line, it's very difficult because they've set and they're going to, they now start dictating to you. But actually what City was doing was giving them different angles and different looks. And they just kept popping this ball left, right, pop, 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 popping it off. And I think that really unsettled a lot of um, the way that Chelsea like to defend. Because most teams, obviously, they're not going to play against Man City every week. So for most teams in the country, that works very well. They get into their shape, they squeeze you, and then all of a sudden they win it back. And then, you know, Chelsea's counter is, is very good at the moment. So, I just love the way that that City midfield was just moving fluid. I don't think De Bruyne had the best game that he's probably ever had in a Man City shirt, but the rest of them was able to make up for it. I think, yeah, I think De Bruyne was in there to do probably do part of a job as well. Um, I did like, I mean, Grealish as well, staying out, you know, out left 
he was doing what he was being told to do, basically. He was uh, having a go. I, I think Reese yeah. James had him a little bit, though. I'm not going to lie, yeah, but yeah. he was having a go. Yeah, yeah. And Cancelo, I think we got to mention Cancelo as well, um, and the positions that he was taking up um, as well, and uh, coming in in midfield as well. Key. Stuff from him. Key. Obviously, deep, good, good result. I, I don't know. I feel like that's that's quite a significant result for Man City, man. I can <coughs> see them. I can see them going on a bit of a a bit when you know when Man City produce that type of performance, it normally insists. It normally insinuates that something's now clicked in the yeah. style. Forget the players, yeah. in the style, the ethics have aligned. It's a statement, isn't it? It's a statement. Yeah, a statement performance. When yeah. you win in that way, it's like I don't expect them to lose now for another three, four, five games. I don't, I don't expect that. I expect them to take the same approach. PSG um, their games. PSG Liverpool next two games. I think they'll. Yeah, I think they'll probably win both. You know. Mm. I think they'll handle, especially, yeah. esp- especially PSG. 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 Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, I thought you were say Liverpool. Still, I can't lie. <laughs> I thought that as well, bro. I thought that as well. I was about to say, yo, yo. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Do you know what? It's PSG. I think yeah. they're going to handle PSG. I think they're going to smoke them. Obviously, you never know because you know Poch might have a a way to deploy Messi in a certain way. But I don't. I don't think even. I don't even think with this version of Messi, I feel like Man City's they 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 should be going on a run now. I don't think he will even start Messi. He might not. Um, but yeah, yeah. I think I think for the, I think for the league they. The league needed Man City not to win that game, um, basically, <laughs> <laughs> to sum it up. Uh, because him winning, Man City winning that game now has got them close to everyone and got, they can put together 10, yes. 15, 20 games. Yeah. Yep. No, like no, one, no one's business. <laughs> and their bench, you know, they've got... Play- Sterling's not playing yet, but at a certain point in this season, yep. Sterling's goal going to come in so clutch for them so it's just one of the ones where they're not even playing Sterling but Mahrez is sitting on bench like they've just got such a squad that you know, you know that that's the thing exactly they've got players that can come in and do their job and stuff like that and it's just like you know we're lucky as a league and I said this on the weekend we're lucky as a league I know Harry Kane is looking mad at the moment but if he had joined them we'd all be finished in my opinion I feel like that Lukaku to Chelsea one no the Kane to City one I'm sorry I'm glad that got blocked because that would have been yeah that would have been disgusting it's it's, it's interesting though because for Chelsea that was what that's like their second loss to like a big team in it on the two yeah. they don't yeah. really lose like big games Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they come back from, from this setback I'm not sure if there's another team who can do that to Chelsea either. You know yeah. what I mean? Like in the league right now. So no. Or remember, yeah, remember no. how our league remember how the Premier League works though. You know what I'm saying? Whenever yeah. there's Blueprint. whenever there's the air of oh, okay, mm-hmm. and then it's like happening to Leeds now. It's happening to Leeds. Yeah. It's yeah. happening to Leeds. People are clocked it. They they yeah. started to go, okay, this is the sweet spot. Do you know what I mean? These huge, massive gaps that you're leaving. Thank you. Thank you very much, mate. You, you see know, that point? Thank you very much. That point is crucial because, yeah, we, we do see the, the league going in in that patterns and that blueprints and stuff. But I feel like Chelsea are, are so... They're so rigid and regimented in that unit that I just can't see the team, another team taking that amount of risk. Another yeah. side I would have said would have been Liverpool, but Liverpool have already played Chelsea at mm-hmm. home. 
mm-hmm. and maybe they could try it. But even Liverpool, like Klopp, I don't think he wanted it. I really yeah. don't think he wanted it. So I don't know. It's one to keep yeah. an eye on, isn't it? I, yeah. I, one thing I'll say as well is that if you look at Chelsea now, we speak about runs. Chelsea have already got, got, got like literally the majority of all the hard games they could have played. Six mm. games in, they've got rid of the majority. The only team they haven't played is Man United. Mm. So the rest key. of the games now, key. they've got a run. It's key for them. Yeah. So yeah. But the thing is with Chelsea is it's not just this game, you know. The Aston Villa game wasn't convincing. Yeah, yeah. Spurs game. Spurs game, you know, the Zenit game as well, bruv. Yeah, the Zenit game was bad. Yeah, yeah it was Zenit bad. Game, man. So I'm just w- more worrying about not necessarily the, the setup and the tactical side of things, but even just in their heads as players, like they got hammered, hammered on the weekend, but they haven't been playing well, and now it's culminated in a hammering. The only thing that saved them is they didn't get hammered in the goal, like you know, the yeah, thing go in. So mm-hmm. yeah, it'd just be interesting to see how the players, everyone reacts to this. Mm. Yeah, key, 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 key. Cool, man. I think that rounds things up for episode four of the Breakdown podcast. Thanks to those who've been listening. You can follow us um, at the Football Supplement. It's all one word, at the Football Supplement. Um, Peace, man. Cool.